Good afternoon. This is Michael Vandervoort, and that little opening snippet is from a song called Wishing Well by a friend of mine named Brant Mensoir, who has, amongst other things, plays in a band called Big Kettle Drums. So I'm using his little uh, his little guitar riff intro as uh, as the opening of this first episode of of a new podcast series that I'm running that is called Six Degrees and. Uh, while we're gonna while we're gonna feature it through the drive through HR umbrella, the Six Degrees podcast is a little bit of an experiment on my part. Um, essentially, I'm trying to figure out how connectivity works in relationship to exploring some other issues through conversations with with guests, and I'll explain the concept here in just a second. Um, but the, the Six Degrees of Separation uh, comes from this notion of uh, or this idea that. Uh, in Hollywood that Kevin Bacon is kind of the center of the universe and that no person in Hollywood uh, has not somehow been in a film or connected to a film uh, that somebody else had appeared in with Kevin Bacon in, in less than six degrees. So if you know six people in Hollywood, theoretically one of them has been in a film with Kevin Bacon uh, and it's usually a lot closer than that. And I found out that I have connections even closer to Kevin Bacon than I knew, but the podcast isn't about Kevin to Kevin Bacon. It's about six degrees of separation, and this and the idea that actually all people, not just Kevin, are on average six or fewer social connections away from each other, and and, and as a result, uh, the idea that a chain of a friend of friend statements can connect any two people in a maximum of six steps. Um, I found this intriguing. And I wanted to try a series of shows where I explored the connections between six people, um, some of whom I know and some of whom I may be meeting for the first time. And so we're going to launch today's, uh, today's episode with, uh, with an experiment in a couple of ways. One is to, to pursue the six degrees uh, concept through a podcast and also to do a live um, coaching session with my life and career coach that I've been working with um, through this year um, on, on some on some uh, issues and ideas that I wanted to kind of chase down and pursue on an individual basis. And, and so I hired a coach and I've known my coach for a couple of years and found her extremely talented and charming in, uh, in the HR space and had a chance to, to retain her and come, come work for me. So that is Carrie Bucci of Mixtape Talent. Carrie, welcome to Six Degrees. How are you today? I am fabulous. How are you? I'm good. I'm a little. Uh, I'm a little on the impromptu here because this is the. I didn't write a tight script, so we're um, we're, we're kind of doing the, We're doing this co coaching episode. We're doing it live. But I guess to introduce you, I'll give you a little formal bio, and then I'll I'll ask you to kind of expand on it. So Carrie is a formally trained and certified professional coach, educated and evaluated by IPEC. She's accredited by the International Coaching Federation. I'm sorry, the International Coach Federation. She's also a certified yoga teacher and has some other uh, certifications in things like Reiki and, and others. Um, you've been doing mixtape talent for a couple of years, I guess. Expand on your bio and kind of maybe talk about your coaching philosophy and approach for a second, Carrie, to get us started. Absolutely. So um, as you mentioned, we've known each other for a few years. We met uh, at the Work Human Conference back, what, this is 
maybe four years ago. Yeah, it's it, it can't I can't believe it was that long ago, but it yeah, it has been. Yeah, and that was right around the time I started mixtape talent. So um mixtape talent uh, originally started out with uh HR, talent acquisition, people operations, consulting services. And as I really went deeper in that work, I op- it, it opened up this whole new door for me to explore and get to know more about coaching. So I enrolled in a coaching training program that took me about a year to go through. And I really just, you know, sometimes we just feel called to do a certain type of work, to work with certain types of people. And I feel so lucky that, you know, the, the career that I never could have planned on in advance has really taken this magical form. So um, in my coaching practice, I work with folks mainly around topics around their career. Um, but, you know, as you and I've talked about, it's never just about your career. Right. It's, you know, they're because we are a, um, a whole person in, in so many ways, we bring all of those aspects to our career. So we, you know, a lot of clients find me because they are feeling stuck. They want to make a move in their career, either leaving their current organization, rising up in their, um, you know, rising up in the job that they're in now, uh, finding something completely different. And through that work, we also touch on things like relationships and health, um, we talk about, uh, hopes and dreams and self-care. Um, and that's just, you know, it's something I'm personally interested in that, that personal development, uh, the world of personal development. And it's also really, really amazing and rewarding to work with people to help them make some meaningful changes in their life and, and pursue the life that they, they're really excited about and that they've, they've dreamed about. So that's the work I do on my coaching side. Um, and as you know, I've just, I've just accepted a new full-time role with an organization called Technically Media. I'm their new VP of product. Mm-hmm. And um, a big part of what I'm going to be doing is uh, building and overseeing products for uh, HR professionals, people ops, talent acquisition, particularly in the employee branding space, uh, employer branding space, bringing um, talent and companies together so they can, uh, they can have a great match. So yeah, that, that stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, is I had a, con- I had a conversation somewhere. I don't remember if it was in text or message or phone. Cause there's the media is all mixed together. The mediums all mixed together, yeah, sure. but we were talking, we were kind of talking about that with, I was with, uh, I think it was Crystal Miller, one of my co-hosts on drive through about, some of the changes that we've been seeing people go through, you know, partly out of COVID, mm-hmm. but also just partly as part of the natural progression of career paths. And now that, you know, like, like I've known you for four years and, and, you know, with, with no disrespect intended compared to some of the other people I've met online over the years, you know, I've got more than a decade of friendship with a lot of people. And it's, it's, it's hard to believe that, um, like we, you know, it, it, in the way that you see people, which is maybe once or twice in a decade mm-hmm. in real life, yet you still know these people well, you follow their career, you kind of know what's going on in their family life because the, the internet and social media and the, the various means of connectivity that we have in the modern world, you know, kind of let you live vicariously, um, yeah. even if it's not, you know, a full you know, the, the full friendship where you can have drinks and dinner or what, what, whatever kind of social activity you may choose to pursue, right? But it's, mm-hmm. it's still real and it's still, 
you know, you still get the you still get to live life with these people. So it's an entirely different kind of experience than my parents would have had, or even my kids for to, to a certain extent until yeah. recently. Um, so we're doing the, we're doing this coaching session, and our, our I guess our approach, our joint approach to coaching has been I do a lot of talking and sharing and you know you I bounce ideas off of you because I think that's the style I work in I don't know if that's the the coaching style you use with everybody but that's kind of been what what our our rhythm has felt like in my head anyway um, and it's been a it's been a minute since we had our last call um, right. so if if this was you know if we weren't having some conversation related to the podcast, I guess I'd be updating you on what's transpired and kind of what's been going on. And so I, I think I'll start there if that makes sense to you. That makes perfect sense. I, I like to meet everybody where they're, they're at. So each of my coaching sessions with each of my clients looks a little bit differently. Um, I, I love the, the kind of rhythm and style that we've established together. Um, because I just have such a great time talking to you. You're full, you're, you've got such great energy and I love hearing what you've been up to and, um, you know, bouncing ideas off of each other and getting a game plan together for where you want to go. Yeah. So, so yeah, so, why don't you yeah, update so, me? So before, before I go into the update, I guess just to, an update on the update. Double <laughs> <laughs> um, update. So the, so the goal, um, I guess one of the things that I was experiencing, um, it, the reason that I got into coaching, that's where I'm going to start. And you know, I mean, you know this part, so this is for the listeners on the show. Um, the reason I decided to, to pursue a coach, which is something I had not really ever considered in the past, um, is uh, that with with COVID, I, so I had, I had made some moves uh, a couple years ago um, to, to kind of change my life up again. I seemed to do that on about a five-year cycle. I had left, I had worked for Publix and lived in Florida, worked at public supermarkets and left Publix at the end of 2014 and took a job with an organization called Q Inc. as their executive director. I moved to Georgia. I went to live, instead of living in Florida near the beach, I went to live in the mountains, uh, had a number of personal changes in my life, um, wound up spending time with Q for about five and a half years but uh, going through a divorce and um, kind of living someplace where I wasn't enthusiastic about in Atlanta, it was okay, but I didn't love it. I missed Florida. Publix had an opening come up. Uh, so in, uh, in uh, December of 2019, I accepted an offer to return to Publix in the department I had left, kind of wound the clock back a little bit for five years. Um, continued with Q for several months to help get them uh, over the hump of hiring a new executive director. Publix is a member of that organization, so they were supportive of, you know, helping them keep on track with their mission. Um, did that, moved to Florida in February, right around Valentine's Day of 2020, was looking forward to the beach, moved into my new condo, which had a brand new pool, had just been redone, great weight room, workout room all this stuff. And then in like March 15th, one month later, COVID came. And I never got in that pool. I never got in that weight room. I, I wound up moving to another place. Um, I put on about 20 pounds. You know, the COVID 10 is my COVID 20, I guess. Um, I sat on my couch and watched uh, TV till my eyes fell out of my head. And at some point I went, oh my God, I got to do something different to change this up. So I entertained the idea of hiring a coach. I did some research. I thought about what I wanted to work on. 
I talked to a couple people. I, I decided to work with Carrie because I love her energy. And, and um, a, a, as you said, I love to talk to you. I just, I, I you know, you're just great to kind of, you know, I just thought it would be a good match and it has been. So we uh, we decided to embark on a, on a series of about a dozen uh, one hour calls working on some some themes that I had in mind. And, and those three things kind of fall under the umbrella. Uh, one is creativity. Uh, I used to be a very prolific blogger. And a few years ago, I lost my urge to write on anything except that that which I must do for work uh, professionally. I wrote a lot at Q. I write a fair amount of public's reports and stuff. Um, but that used to not matter. I used to have plenty to say outside of outside of work. And these days, not so much. So the podcast has sort of become my creative outlet from from a from the perspective of professionally related HR work. Um, but I wasn't happy about that. I miss writing and I miss uh, I miss the energy I used to have. So I was trying to figure out if I could get that back and that's still a work in progress. So one was creativity and the other two themes are kind of interrelated. One was intention, intentionality. I don't know if that's actually a word. I wanted to live more intentionally. And, and by that, I wanted to try to achieve certain things that I sort of thought about a lot, but didn't do much to, to really pursue. And then the, the second one that links with that was self-care, both from a physical and an, and an emotional standpoint. Um, and so I, you know, I talked to, you know, I talked to Carrie um, about those and Carrie, I, I guess I, I'd ask a question here is you, you did a big intake of information from me initially as a client. I, I, can you, can you like, quickly summarize kind of what you did and, and how, how you go about doing that? Yeah. Um, so before every client um, says, yes, I want to work together, um, we do a call together. So I don't know if you remember our discovery call mm -hmm. that lasts about a half an hour. And that's really the first step, um, you know, for, for you or for anybody who might be looking for a coach, it's kind of that introductory call. You're getting a sense of, is this going to be a good match? Is this somebody who understands um, and has experience or insight into the topics that I want to um, specifically address? So we had our call. Um, and then, as you mentioned, there are forms that I had you fill out. And so that really gives me a, a little bit of a deeper uh, understanding and sense of where you are the moment we start our coaching relationship. So um, some of it is looking back in terms of, um, you know, have you worked with a coach or a therapist or a mentor before? What works for you in those relationships? What didn't work? Um, you know, do you, do you like to be pushed? Um, I have some clients that I work with that really want me to be uh, not aggressive in the, in the traditional sense of me, like, you know, being a real bulldog, but in terms of, um, you know, holding like a lot of accountability, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of structure, um, a lot of, uh, pushback perhaps on when they say things or questioning how, you know, the, even the tone, you know, um, some clients really want me to push there others. That's not the style that they respond to. And like I said, I like to meet people where they're at. So um, I had you fill out some forms that talked about, um, you know, how, how do you see yourself? Like, how, how do you, what are your best qualities? What do you think um, the qualities that need improvement are? How do, um, how do you think people perceive you uh, at work, in your relationships, friendships, family, things like that? 
Um, so really getting a sense of, of who you are and how you relate to the world. And then I have you set some goals. And those are, the, those are pretty much our North Star throughout our relationship. So you mentioned the three goals that you set. And each session, I have those goals pulled up in front of me. And I'm making sure that everything we're doing is somehow tying back to those goals. Because the, you know, the, the ultimate goal of coaching is that at the end of our time together, you feel that you have made some sort of progress and um, really been intentional to, to go back to, you know, to your concept of intentionality, uh, which I'm going to go ahead and say that's a word. That's a word. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, that I, I, I feel like in order for you and, and every client that I work with to feel like coaching has been effective for them, um, we really want to make sure that it's all in service of something. So that, you know, bringing that structure to our coaching sessions, when, when we start talking about things and it may be, you know, you're talking about a win from the week or a challenge that you faced recently or something that's keeping you up at night. I like to, um, you know, to tie it back into the goals. How do they relate? This is in service of um, achieving this goal or, you know, you may not even realize it. And I think we, this came up for us a couple of times where you were doing things and through the course of the conversation, through the course of our session, you realized that actually like you had been, you had made some really big strides towards um, your creativity goal that, that you're working on. Yeah. And I think that's a, like, I think that's an important, if, if you've never used a coach um, and, and like, and like, you know, we've been into a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of personal stuff that you and I have discussed, which we won't, you know, go, we won't repeat all of that here, mm -hmm. but um, you know, like it, it requires, I believe that if you're going to go through this process, you have to kind of invest in it fully and, you know, not overshare, but talk to people about what you need, but also the things that scare you or that, you know, we, we on drive through HR, we talk about what keeps HR managers up at night, but there's a lot of stuff that keeps people awake at night as well, right? The, the guilty voice and the self-critic and all those little, all those little people who live inside our brain. Um, and we talked a lot about that, you know, and I like, like I, I shared, you know, just, you know, not to be overly transparent, but like I've shared with you, you know, the, the issues with writing and just feeling like, you know, mm -hmm. I got, I got nothing to say and yet I miss it and yada, yada, you know, and I, I, I chase that around in my head and it's like, you're not really doing anything. And, and I know in one of the coaching sessions, you're like, well, you, you know, you're still writing and you're still doing this. And, you know, it, it, it's like, I don't give myself credit for the writing that I do mm -hmm. because I'm doing it for work. Therefore I'm compensated to do it. Therefore it's a requirement as opposed to what it used to be for me, which, you know, when I was doing my blog every day, uh, with passion, right? So it doesn't feel the same to me, but it, but it, it also means in some sense that because I've, I've, I've boxed myself in, in the way I think about the work that I am doing related to writing, I'm not really giving myself full credit for what I had been accomplishing, right? That was right. one of the, that was one of the things that, you know, sort of you, you brought a little clarity to me, clarity to me that, you know, you're still writing, you're just doing it differently. So that's, yeah. a, I thought a pretty cool example of one of the you know, one of the very discrete or very distinct things that I learned through our conversation. Mm -hmm. um, other... Well, to that point, it, it also helps tie into the goal of self-care because a big part of self-care is how do we speak to ourselves? You know, what is, what is it that we're saying to ourselves? And, and I, you know, I feel like we can say things to ourselves that we would never, ever dream of saying to another human being. Right. 
you know, that, that voice of self-criticism, that little gremlin that lives inside of all of us that, you know, may be self-conscious or is full of self-doubt or, you know, really just, um, you know, it, it shines a light on all of the things that we feel like we are not doing or not doing right or, or any of those things. So the, the fact that, you know, you can, you can tie your self-care into the way you speak to yourself, the way you view what it is throughout the day, you know, you are a highly creative person, even if you don't feel like every day is full of um, blogging or journals or um, photography or, you know, making art, things like that, right. your creativity shines through in a different way. And I think that when we can reframe that, uh, we can, we can begin to find that compassion for ourselves yeah, and, and for other people. Yeah. And, and, and it, and to your point, like, you know, a lot of the things I do, like another thing I learned is, you know, I may not be, you know, the next, um, you know, Richard Avedon or whatever, fam I, I don't know famous photographers, but um, I may not be that, but like, I take a lot of pictures because I enjoy mm -hmm. snapping pictures and I try to look for, you know, not to just walk around going, Ooh, a flower. But, you know, like if I see something that if I see, see something, that, an image or the sky or mm -hmm. whatever that is striking, you know, I'll, I'll take a picture of it. And not everything is, you know, to be posted on the Internet or whatever. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, I enjoy doing that. And at times, you know, when I when I when I like pause and look at what I've sort of aggregated on my phone over a week of walking around in the world, I'm like, oh, there's a there's a really nice shot there. And, you know, you share it on, you, you just share it on Facebook or whatever. And, you know, somebody else gets to enjoy it. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a little spark of creativity and, and, and sort of a reward, right. For, for making the effort to pay attention to what's going on around you in that you know, other people maybe get a, a second of joy out of it. You know, like a, a few weeks ago, there was a double rainbow over the pond by my house, right? And I, I was walking the dog and I didn't have the phone with me. And I ran in the house with the dog and got back outside and got the double rainbow. And I was really happy because I got to share it. And it was right yeah. in my yard, you know, no big deal, just a moment, but, but it, you know, it, it, it was nice and it mattered to me. And, and that in some, in some ways, that's what creativity is all about. It's not necessarily writing War and Peace or making the Star Wars trilogy or, you know, big, big creative things, right? It's, it's the little things that, that, and I felt, I guess I had, I felt coming into our conversations, like those big, little things were just kind of the idle way I passed time, but they didn't really have any significance. Mm -hmm. And, and I, and I'm, I'm learning to give myself more credit, you know, for being able to do that and kind of that that's where the that's where the muse of creativity has taken me it's not the same as it used to be but it's a little bit different and i enjoy it and and that that's kind of all that's required i think in the end yeah um, i i agree with you 100% and i i i've talked to you and and i've talked to a lot of other clients about the the concept of doing something that brings you joy just because it brings you joy mm -hmm. i think a lot of times you know we get caught up in this hustle hustle culture and we, you know, a, a lot of us are entrepreneurial minded and we are, you know, professionally, like we are goal setters and go-getters and we're very motivated and ambitious. And um, a lot of times I think we forget to do things just because it's fun. Like everything right. doesn't have to have an end goal. Everything doesn't have to have a purpose. Uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes it just feels fun to dance around your living room. I know we've talked about, uh, <laughs> we, we, we've talked a lot about dancing. Yeah. Um, you know, and sometimes it's, you know, it, 
dancing just for fun, not because I am trying to be noticed by anybody or because I'm trying to get on dancing with the stars, just because it feels good. And I want to be in my body and I want to be present in that moment and, and doing things, um, just for fun, you know, not, not because we're trying to get anything out of the experience or, um, be performative in any way. I have a, I have a client that I work with that, um, we were doing this exercise and, uh, she loves karaoke and she got herself a karaoke microphone. And now she sets a date with herself on the, on a regular basis to do karaoke in her house, just for herself, just because mm-hmm. it's fun. And it's a way to, you know, let go and release some tension and feed that creative energy wherever it's needed. Um, I think, uh, you know, so, so your photography, it does, yeah, it doesn't have to be, I'm going to take pictures with the goal of, you know, getting a show in a gallery. It can just be, I, it just feels good to take a picture. And I love sharing some, you know, I love sharing the, you know, the things that I see in my travels with other people. And that feels good. Yeah. And, and also I think that another thing, um, sort of, sort of related to your point uh, uh, about your friend who sings for her own entertainment, because mm-hmm. it, 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 it set it in some ways. And, and I, I, I guess where I'm headed is a little bit bigger. Um, I think the three goals, the self-care, the intentionality and the creativity that I selected, I sort of feel like they all interrelate um, for me. They, they're, I mean, they're, they're separate in nature at a certain level, but like in order to, in order to take care of myself and do good things and be intentional about what I wanted to do, I need, I needed to find some things beyond, you know, Netflix, right? right? Cause I literally, I felt, I was feeling as if I had sunk into my couch mm-hmm. and just, you know, never left the house. And if I did leave the house, it was to go buy beer or whatever, you know? And, yeah. and it was, it was like, I, you know, and I was, I was living alone. I was, I was locked in, you know, and it was just so depressing and so mm-hmm. boring. And yet, and, and so when I just started to think about it, instead of doing something about it, I felt sorry for myself. That's how I started out felt sorry for myself, you know, oh, this is sucks. This is, I can't write, I can't do that. So I'll just sit on the couch and, you know, subliminate everything again with, you know, reruns of Star Wars or whatever. Yeah. And, and at some point I realized, look, you got you to get up and do something. You got to find a reason to go do something. You need to think about the things you're going to do. And, and at that point, another bad uh, trend or another bad tendency that I have kicks in, in which once I decide to go do something, I have to go do everything right now. Oh yes. And we've talked a lot about this as well, right? I've got it all like, in. <laughs> I'm going to get off the couch and I'm going to become an Olympic athlete by tomorrow afternoon, which yes, which of course is is complete bullshit. But <laughs> but it, it but it's sort of like so I'm going to go buy all the equipment and rent my costumes mm-hmm. and get ready, and then I'm going to go. Oh wow, this is a lot of work. I don't know if I can start this until next week. You know, and so there's like yes, you it, you, you you get excited about your goal you approach your goal and you realize it's the the size of Mount Everest, or I think we've used elephant a lot as an analogy, whatever it is, it's really big. And when you actually look at it, it becomes really daunting. And so it's easy to kind of just go screw that and fall back into the previous learned behavior of, you know, doing nothing and feeling sorry for yourself about doing nothing and having no life. And that, that, that can be a very vicious circle and you and I talked a lot about the necessity to kind of, you know, okay, you can't become an Olympic athlete, but you can get in better shape. 
it, but you have to you have to go do something to make that happen. So you know, take one step at a time instead of trying to go from the, the bottom of the mountain to the top of the mountain in three mm -hmm. seconds, right? And th that's that seems like such obvious advice, but I think it's enough. Like I, I feel like I'm sort of like every man here, and that a lot of people have the tendency to like I got to go do this all at once and try to conquer a big goal to make a big change in their life. And that's not really the way things work, right? Right. Well, it, it's not the, it's not necessarily the winning approach to building um, habits and right. and and changing and, and making like permanent meaningful changes. So for for those of us who are wired that way and you know, I am in that camp as well all in, you know, like got it, got to have all the equipment. I'm going to do all the research. I'm going to become an expert. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do yoga, work out, ride the bike, what, you know, roller skate, whatever the thing is, I'm going to do it seven days a week and I'm going to change my life and it's going to be amazing. And, you know, very quickly reality sets in and it becomes another obligation on our very long to-do lists already. And when, you know, something becomes an obligation, suddenly all the fun is sucked out of it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's hard to keep that momentum going um, to, you know, to keep the energy and the focus and the drive going on something that feels overwhelming uh, and then starts to feel less fun. You know, that that's when we're like, oh, maybe, you know, if you could see the corner of my room right now, you would see my exercise bike that I bought during the pandemic. It probably has cobwebs on it, <laughs> but when I got that bike, I was going to ride that bike five days a week. I was going to change my life. I was going to get in shape. And it, it's the whole thing. I, you know, I, I talk to people all the time where, you know, we, we are motivated and we're focused and we, you know, we, we want to do these things and then reality kicks in and it's um, we haven't necessarily set ourselves up for success because we have set the bar a little too high to get started. Yeah. So through our discussions, um, I started trying to look at things in, in smaller scope. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and, and sort of like you mentioned, biking, walking, running, whatever, yoga, right? And um, another, another piece of the intentionality for me, I'm not, I'm not super religious. Um, like I don't really believe in organized religion. I do believe in higher power. Mm -hmm. um, and, and at times, you know, it, it feels like you need to be more mindful of that sort of stuff. Um, I don't know. Anyway, I don't want to get, I don't want to get into off on a religious tangent because it'll, it'll go badly, but um, <laughs> I, you know, Mindfulness. I, I wanted to sort of be, you know, I, like the, 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 the threat of COVID and the sort of massive impact it had on our world and, and the politics and the divisiveness um, that we've been living in had a huge impact on me. The, the Trump administration yeah. uh, nearly drove me crazy. Um, not a fan. Um, got way sucked way more into it than I ever would have believed, um, you know, to the point where I would get up in the middle of the night to go look and see what thing he had tweeted most, re you know, it was like, it was like, you can't stop looking at the, at the car accident, you know, and it was like that. And, and so the, a lot of this self-care and intentionality was not just like, I need to walk more, which I did need to do. Mm -hmm. And I did need to start yoga, which I've done, um, you know, at a, at a soft level um, with a goal of building up. But I also needed to like, figure out like how to tune my brain into the right things, the right energies, the right, 
you know, not all the negative vibes, but more like harmonic vibes or something that make the, you know, that are more fulfilling and make you recognize that there really is beauty in our world and those kind of things. And, and that was a big struggle for me. Um, and, and, and also, you know, I don't, I don't know that, that I've actually talked to you about this specifically before, but it, it was another piece of what drove me to kind of, you know, um, kind of, you know, seek out a coach. I mean, I see a therapist, I've seen one for years, you know, we have conversations about all the, the really private stuff, but this kind of stuff sits up on your shoulder and it was really driving me crazy. And it became even worse during the pandemic, even though, you know, Trump was on his way out and all that kind of stuff. It, it, it just seemed like everything was so dark. And I don't mean like I was suicidal or, you know, but th I, there was a level of depression that was real. And, and so taking some proactive steps to kind of, you know, start doing things like meditation, uh, not, a, and, a, and I'll do it on the regular, but I take moments. And that's one of the things that you talked to me about from an intentionality perspective is like in the morning, do you give yourself a moment to, you know, sort of set the tone for the day mentally, right? And I'm just like, no, not really. I jump out of bed and I get ready. I walk the dog, you know, I got to get to the, and so I, you know, you, you, I stopped, right? And I now try most days to wake up and think about what I'm going to do that day and how I want the day to go, which isn't a big thing, but it is a big thing, right? Yeah. What, have you, have you seen any shift? Does it, does, does starting your day feel different? now that you're incorporating that or being mindful of starting your day that way? It's, it, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to say that there's like a huge, you know, like, oh, my life has changed. Right? It's, not that, <laughs> you know, it, it's not that, but I do think it has made it, I do think it has made a difference. Um, and, you know, and I, and, and it's combined with, you know, this is, this is part finally now a half hour into the episode now getting to the update. Um, so like, and, and you know, you know, some of this, cause I've sent you an email, uh, or whatever. Cause we, we talk, you know, through text, we have sort of a, not, it's not just the hour that we talk on the phone or whatever it, you know, we sort of drop notes to each other period. Well, just to kind of keep, keep in tune and let you know how things are going in between meetings. Um, and so like, so like I have started a, a better walking regimen and, you know, it was one of the things where like, I would walk, I walked the dog several times a day, but I just walk her around the block in the neighborhood. Right. And then on the weekends, we go for a longer walk. And so one of the things, like one of the simple coaching things that you asked me to do was, can you add in like one more longer walk in a week mm -hmm. or two, you know, can you like make a higher commitment? Cause I was like, you know, I love walking the dog. It's good exercise for me. We go a mile on the weekends and, mm -hmm. and you're like, can you do that one more time? Right. With the idea of eventually maybe I do it five times a week or seven times a week, but not today or even right. right not on day one is a like a, now I'm going to do five days a week because I've got to get out there and I've got to got to got like that's so much pressure to put on yourself right and I that's and I talked to you about buying a bike and you were like ah, you know I don't know if it's a, and ultimately I did and I've I've I ride it once or twice a week not very far um, but I ride it as far as I'm comfortable riding it before, until I get tired. Right. So I'm not, so this, this buildup of self-care from a fitness perspective, and I've also started doing yoga three times a week, 30 minutes with another coach that I've hired because I, right now I find it it's useful to in, invest money in myself, yeah. get, get, get the extra support to your, to go back to a point you made a minute ago to kind of build up the discipline, to build habits 
mm-hmm. as opposed to eating the elephant and becoming that Olympic athlete overnight and yeah. then failing, right? So I have, I have through the work we've done and the things I've learned and some of the breaking down of what I'm trying to accomplish, I, I've, I've started to put together, and it's still a work in progress, kind of a, kind of a fitness program, um, mm-hmm. which will involve, you know, walking, biking, and yoga, um, and, you know, maybe sometime getting back into a gym and doing some, you know, some weights and stuff for, you know, more, more toning of muscles or whatever, but, you know, but, I, but by no means am I still in, am I in a heavy workout or anything, but I'm doing a lot more mobility and motion and exercise cumulatively during the week than I was a year ago. And so I, you know, I feel like that's a big, that, I mean, it's, that's worthy of recognition. There's a long way to go and I could do, I can do a lot better, but I'm trying to do it organically, right. To build up to it instead of, instead of trying to, you know, go from zero to 60 again. So that there's two things there. One is I'm doing more things. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is I'm learning how to manage doing the things better. And I, and I did that partly through the conversations that, that you and I have been having and will continue to have for the next you know, few months. And I think this also feeds into your emotional wellness. So, you know, we've talked a lot about the things that you're doing in, um, in service of your physical wellness. And I, I get the sense that you have experienced, um, you know, a shift on some level in your emotional wellness because mm-hmm. of the changes you're making, because you are bringing mindfulness to um, what you do, because you are, you know, aware of the choices that you're making, um, you, you know, you are, you are deliberately making choices through the lens of, um, you know, feeling better, uh, improving your mobility, improving your connections with the world. Um, so that's all, you know, it's in service of your physical health, but also in service of your emotional health as well. Yes. Yes. And, and to, you know, and then to make other simple choices, like turning off the, the noise of, you know, the T, I mean, I still, part of my, part of my requirements for my job is I have to keep up with world events, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but not, not live in them 24 um, seven. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like do what I need to do for work, but not, you know, not bathe in it 24 seven, you know, was a deliberate sort of like takeaway, like a choice, right? I exclude right, right. myself. Because it's really easy to just do that. It's like, well, I need to do this anyway. And, you know, oh my God, I, I got to see what disaster is next, you know, yeah. and, and it's just, it just wears you out. So I, you know, I can't afford uh, for my own emotional care. I can't afford to keep living in that universe in the way I was because it, it, it really was bad for me on many levels. Mm-hmm. And so I've made a deliberate choice not, not to do that as much either. And, you know, like the bike, um, you know, some people want to ride 30 miles. I wanted the bike because I live in Florida. We have great weather. Mm-hmm. I want to just get outside, you know, and I can't just sit at the pool or whatever to do that. I wanted a reason to get out and do something, but that would get me outside, right? And um, I haven't started this yet, but one of these we get, you know, I want to start like trying to find like places to go on a Saturday mm-hmm. to ride the bike that aren't just around my neighborhood. You know, yeah. so at some point it will become a, a sort of an exploratory adventure and that I'll get out to ride a bike someplace that I wouldn't otherwise probably have gone, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, right? Yeah. So that's another way of sort of expanding my horizons a little, you know, with a, with a little change and not necessarily saying I'm going to ride every bike trail in the state of Florida by the end of the summer. 
or whatever the crazy goal could be. Um, so I've, on the creativity side, it's been interesting because uh, a couple of things, concrete things have come up. Um, one is I had been toying with the, uh, I had gone to the, I'd gotten to the point earlier before we started talking earlier in the year, I'd gotten to the point where even the podcast, um, which has been a pretty much a passion play for me since 2015. Um, for those that don't know drive through HR history really quickly, it's a 10 year old ish podcast with almost 1600 episodes in the, in the, in our vault. Um, and it's been sort of a community, uh, effort with a number of people. And right now there are four hosts, myself, Robin Schooling, who I generally co-host shows with, and then Dwayne, uh, Dwayne and Crystal Miller-Lay, husband and wife, who also do some shows. Um, and we've kind of been doing shows at, at various levels uh, with me as, I guess, the primary host for a, a while, since 2015, when a couple other people, William Tinkup and Brian Wempen, left. Um, and I was like burned out because it's hard to schedule guests. Um, it's hard to, you know, find interesting topics that you want to talk about, even though it's a great way. The, the rewarding side of the podcast is it's a great way to stay in touch with the larger HR community. And for me in particular, who does a very specialized kind of uh, work within the HR community, it's a great way to stay in touch with other parts of the, the, the HR community in terms of issues and learning, right? I'm, I don't become an expert from doing a show with somebody. But I, I definitely get to, it definitely keeps me on the cutting edge of trends and what, what people are thinking about in recruiting or, or other, you know, compensation or training and other pieces of HR that I don't touch a lot of in my daily work. Um, and I find that very rewarding. But the guest part, the trying to find interesting show uh, subjects was becoming another sort of like, oh my God, I can't keep doing this. It's just too much work. And I- What to do is on your to-do list. Yeah, I was like ready to quit, you know, and, mm -hmm. and then um, I'm not really sure what changed. Partly it was COVID. I started doing uh, what we called quarantini episodes in the Aww, evening, which, cute. yeah, I know it's, you know, um, <laughs> I like that. but we were doing, but it, they weren't shows per se. I mean, we had a guest, but it was more like, let's have a conversation with Carrie and check in with her and see how she's doing. You know, are you, are you still alive? Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. It was a lot more like that. And we, you know, and it wasn't like it was a massive community undertaking, but we had people calling in and we had a Twitter back channel and it, it sort of, it, it sort of proved to me in a surprising way that, you know, even though we're just talking into microphones here and most of the listens come from downloads these days, you know, you don't have a lot of interaction with your community. It proved to me that there still was a community of people out there who listened and who kind of, you know, who, who gave a shit. And, and, and I, and I was, I was, I was surprisingly appreciative of that. And it sort of reinvigorated me to keep doing the show during right. COVID. Yeah. And then, and then it sort of led me down the path to start thinking about like, okay, you know, HR conversations a couple times a week are great. There are a few other things I'm thinking about, and that I wanted to, you know, I'd like I'd like to talk to people about. So, in some ways, I've scheduled sort of off-center guests. Uh, like recently, uh, we had a sex worker on Drive Through HR, which isn't something you would normally talk about in the, you know, in in HR, but it's it's work, and and it was really interesting conversation. I, I don't know how it was received by our guests, but it was a really interesting conversation to talk to this particular woman. Um, and, and anyway, it led me to this six degrees uh, idea to try a show that would take me down a path that I didn't know where it would end. 
Um, and, and, and I've been, I'm really excited to see where that goes. And, and, the, and I guess the, the moral of that story is indirectly, um, you know, it, it, it reinvigorated creativity or it energized creativity for me in a different way, you know, where I had almost lost the, the outlet of the podcast. I'd almost given it up. Right. And now I want to chase it down for something completely different which is super exciting to me and fun. And it's 180 degrees away from where I was last January or whatever, or a year ago, January, I guess. Um, so six degrees thing. And then I also, uh, and this this is the craziest thing I'll do this year probably, and you know this already, but um, I, so my, my, his, my full disclosure on my musical background is I can listen to Spotify like nobody's business, but that's about as far as my musical talent goes. I can't sing. I mean, I can, but everybody leaves the room. And I've tried to learn guitar when I was a kid, and I tried to learn piano. In both cases, I gave that up to go play sports. Um, and so, no, no musical instruments and no voice, uh, you know, voice singing for Michael. But <laughs> I, I signed up with an artist who I've listened to for a long time, a, a sort of an Americana singer named Jill Sobule. And um, I'm going to take a songwriting class along with some other people from Joe Sobiel starting this Saturday night for an hour and a half uh, on a Saturday night for an hour and a half from 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Uh, for the next four weeks to see if we can figure out how to write a song. So I, I have I to, I hope that so I can much. write lyrics. I haven't tried that before. <laughs> well, well no. you know, you're about to find out, right? That's part of the fun. <laughs> exactly. It, I, know I'm not, I know anyway. I'm not right in the opening chords, right? I know that. <laughs> so, um, unless they can go with like, na, 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 or something like that. I'm thinking smoke on the water. There you go. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So. yeah. Anyway, no. So, so like, I'm a little bit terrified because it's so far outside of my, uh, my wheelhouse that it, it's, you know, it's like, I, these people are going to think I'm weird. Yeah, what, are you what are you terrified about? Right. What's the story you're telling yourself? Yeah, I know. I, I, I know it, it is. I, I'm not really terrified. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. Okay. Um, okay. But, it, but it's, but I'm also super excited about it because it's going to be fun. And okay. the worst thing that'll happen is I get to spend four, you know, whatever that is, six hours, mm -hmm. some other really creative people do something I've never seen anybody do, which is write a song, right? Okay. Even if I, even if I'm not a major contributor and it, maybe I will, because I don't know yet, maybe I will be, but Either way, I, I'm fascinated by the process of creativity, and I'll kind of get a, 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 a at best a bird's eye view of that, or at worst, it'll be a bird's eye view of that. <laughs> but it's um, but it you know I'm excited. But I I wouldn't have done this a year ago probably because I wouldn't have been, I would have said oh you know that's dumb, you know. Right. Well, the, the voices in your head may have talked yep. you out of it you know, and, yep. and right now you've got the voices in your head on your side. And that's, I think that's a, a huge fundamental shift that, um, you know, I, I hope that you find ways to celebrate that because that in and of itself, that shift that you have been able to make, that is a huge accomplishment. It's real. I mean, especially given what we've all been through in the last year, it would have been totally understandable and uh, a hell of a lot easier to stay on your couch you know, and, and watch everything that has ever been created in the history of television and right. film. <laughs> yeah, it would have been really easy to do that. And, and you didn't do that. You know, you did it for a while. You, you wanted something different and you wanted to, to push yourself 
and you did. And now look at all of the, you know, the wonderful things that are happening as a result. You know, the, the way you feel about yourself has shifted. The way you are moving around in the world, you know, in a physical sense is different. Your mindset is different. Right. You know, you're, you're trying new things. You're putting yourself out there. You're taking risks, which is, you know, that's, that's the heart of creativity and you're doing it. And I, I, it has been so, um, just, just so heartwarming and exciting and thrilling to watch you go through this journey and to, you know, to, to be on this path with you because you are, you know, you, you are invested in, in taking these steps and you're doing it and it's, it's happening. Yeah. And it, and it's, and the the value I got back from you is, is that you're a, a, you're, um, I want to say a mirror. I mean, that's sort of, that doesn't give you the credit that I want to give you, but, no, but I, I think, yeah, I think that's accurate. You no, know, you can, you, you, you know, you, you have helped what, I guess what I've learned, what I feel like I've learned from our work and, and that I'm still learning is like how to break things down a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, how to, how to do, you know, like, like, cause like some of the things that I'm doing, I probably would have done anyway, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe yeah, yeah. but, um, but I wouldn't probably be doing them all at one time. And I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been able to give myself credit that look like you're not, you know, I may, I may not be setting the world on fire. I may not be achieving my, you know, my, my self-care goal quite as quickly as, as I think I should in the back of my head, you know, like I should be working harder is still there. Right. I should, do more, but I, I have I have chosen to, to, to kind of take a more methodical approach mm-hmm. to, to be able to like regain, and, and this is where it sounds in my head, it's where it sounds a little pathetic. It's like um, to be able to regain just some basic mobility skills. It wasn't like I couldn't walk, but I just was stiff and sore and my hips hurt, yeah. knees ache. Yeah. You know, I'm 64, so some of that is gonna always be there. But a lot of it was because I was just sitting on my ass. And so, you know, I, I needed to get up off my ass and, and but, and, and, you know, I think I need to do it and start running, but I hate to run. Yeah, and I'm going down the same path again. So I chose not to run, but I did chose to stand up and start doing things that would directly impact my ability to do what I was trying to carry out, which was to, to feel better and, and make myself more healthy over time. And I, that's something I had never really undertaken very well in the past. Right. And so while I don't feel like I'm hitting huge milestones, I've been, I've stuck with it so far, which is, you know, breaks the chain of, you know, having the big goal, getting the costumes and the equipment and then going, yeah, those will look good in the closet um, and walk. You're away. building the habits and that's, yeah. That's the part, you know, and, and, and I, you know, a big part of what my job is, is to help you remember that, you know, while the milestones might not feel as grand as, um, as you would ideally like them to be, they're still milestones and it's still something to celebrate. Uh, and I, I heard you say, I should, I should, I should a few times. And you, you know, that during our sessions, I'll usually flag that, um, because I, I feel very strongly that, you know, the pressure that we put on ourselves can be a lot. And, and, you know, so in the interest of time, I'm not going to go back and make you unpack the shoulds, but that would be something that, you know, in a, in a typical 
coaching session, um, that would be something that, you know, well, let's talk about that. You know, you, you feel that you should be doing something. Where's that pressure coming from? Is that a pressure that you're feeling externally? Are you putting it on yourself? Is it, you know, is this story that you're telling yourself, is it based in reality or is it something that, um, you know, if, if we, if we pull the camera back a little bit, like it's not a should situation, it's a, um, a could situation. It might be something to consider, but you know, when we use the word should, it's just, again, the way we talk to ourselves, sometimes we don't, and we don't realize it, you right. know, that's, We're that's, conditioned. Yeah. That's the, that's the opposite of being intentional saying mm -hmm. I should is fine, but then feeling guilty about that you didn't, right? It's that's where right. the anyway. So I know we're down to like the last five minutes. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. I guess to wrap up the coaching piece, we won't book an appointment. Uh, we won't book an appointment today. We won't make people sit through the administrative. Like, what date is available for you? No, <laughs> you won't do that. But like, so like, I think we're like literally like halfway through our our sessions. I think yeah. that, I think this is like number six. I don't know. Yep. So we'll, you know, we'll continue to do this kind of conversation. This is a little different than what they normally sound like, but we'll continue to do this for another, you know, six calls over the next few months. And, and then we'll kind of see where we're at. Um, but I, I will say thank you very much, sincerely, for helping me make a lot of progress and especially helping me learn to give myself credit for the things I'm doing, which I was mm -hmm. not always very good at. And I think that's a, that part of that mirroring back, it helps to have somebody with a positive voice say, but look at what you've done, right? Because you, right. I don't, I go, yeah, that's all good, but I, you know, I did, anyway, yeah, so that helps a whole bunch. Um, and, and, and I guess just to close, you know, from a coaching perspective, um, I, I was not convinced when I started thinking about this, that this was going to be worthwhile but it, I would definitely give, you know, not just for Carrie, but coaching in general, although Carrie definitely, Carrie definitely gets my vote if you're looking for a coach. Oh, so, thanks. Uh, but <laughs> but my, my point is, it, it, it you know, it, it can be whatever you need it to be. It's not necessarily what you think it is. You, you just have to find the person that works for you, talk to them about what you want to accomplish and get them to help and support you to go that way. And I think you will find benefit in it. And I have found a tremendous amount of, of uh, wealth of, I don't know what I'm trying to say, value is the word I can't find. Tremendous amount of value in it. And, and I expect to get a lot more. So I, I appreciate that, Carrie. Um, and I appreciate you being the first guest uh, on the Six Degrees podcast. This is kind of a, uh, it's an experiment. And so this is cool. Um, I didn't say at the beginning, I, I said that I didn't have any idea where the shows would go. So the the one rule, uh, two rules, one is you have to be willing to be a guest, which Carrie was. Mm -hmm. uh, and you also have to be willing to identify the next guest. So I have no idea who's going to be on show number two, um, because that is Carrie's responsibility to go out and find someone that she thinks that will be interesting for me to talk to. And that will be interested in sharing some information with our listeners. And so I'm going to turn the rest of the show over to you, Carrie, to do the big reveal of who is going to be the guest and what's the topic for show number two in the Six Degrees podcast series. Ooh, is this suspense? I did put together like, a drum roll. I guess I could. 
as you can tell, no rhythm there. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you're going to do the songwriting class That's and right. who knows what's going to happen on the other there side. We we'll check back. Yep. That's right. Well, you know, I'll, I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Um, I, I love this concept because it is, um, uh, I, I think, first of all, the suspense and the anticipation is like, you know, you're like, you don't know, I could send you anybody, right? right? Like this could be literally anybody, but I am so excited to introduce you to um, a friend of mine who we've been friends for, gosh, I, I don't know, but I'm going to, I'm going to just say 15 years. Um, your next guest, your guest number two <laughs> will be none other than Eric Smith who is an author and a literary okay. agent. Okay. Um, Eric particularly is um, prolific within the uh, young adults uh, writing and literary community. He has written um, a book called The Geek's Guide to Dating, which wow. <laughs> uh, as, a, <laughs> as somebody who is a... Uh, single. Yeah, um, I have read this book. We need to run off to Amazon after the show and order that book. I know. Yes. I the advice and guidance, right? The Geek's Guide to Dating. Yes. Yeah. Let let everyone get a copy of that book. Um, his latest novel is called Don't Read the Comics. Uh, comments, not comics. Don't read the comments. Um, it was uh, a finalist for uh, 2021 Best Fiction for Young Adults selection. Uh, and the paperback is out now. Um, he's got uh, something else that is in the works that um, I'm hoping he'll be able to talk to you about and, and tease and share during uh, your conversation. Uh, he has an anthology called Battle of the Bands that he co-edited, uh, and that's coming out very soon. He has short stories, um, and he's a father and a husband, uh, a wonderful friend, a wonderful um, advocate for uh, for for people uh, in in the community um, within the local Philadelphia tech startup creative community. But I would say his reach is is really worldwide, and I um, I'm so excited to introduce you to my friend and somebody I really respect and admire, uh, Eric Smith. So that's that's yes. going to be awesome. I'll, I'll have to have you send me the, the contact info or I'd send an intro note or something at later on since yeah. after this, after today, I'm on vacation for a week. So I'm headed up to self-care, baby. Self-care. I'm going to be hanging out in uh, the Adirondack Mountains uh, near a lake. So that'll be great. Lovely. Yes. Lovely. Um, thanks so much for doing this. I, uh, I was, I was trying to figure out who to ask and I was like, how better to tell the story or start the story than kind of where it got started in the first place, where I got some of the inspiration. So really appreciate you being the first guest on Six Degrees. I look forward with great anticipation to meeting Eric and having a cool conversation with him and then see where it goes from there. So I, I am uh, honored and, and it has been so much fun to be here with you today. I look forward to our sessions every time. This was no exception. Uh, and I'm, I'm just so proud of you for this was, you know, a, a little seed of an idea that you had um, and, and look at you now. So yeah. this is, this is progress and it's accomplishment. Um, and, and I hope that that you can feel proud of that. I'm over here cheering for you all the yeah, way. Thanks. I do. I do. I, I, as you know, when we started to do this, we had a couple, for whatever reason, it seemed like the show was never going to, going to happen. <laughs> right? like, I'm 
all ready to go. Oh, it, well, it's not working. I can hear you, but you can. We had a little technical difficulty yeah, getting so here, but we bad. did it. But, but, but hopefully this one is in the can. I'll let you know shortly and send you the link and uh, put it out on social media. But again, thanks for the, thanks for being the guest. Thanks for the coaching. And I'll talk to you again in a few weeks. Okay. Have a wonderful vacation. I can't wait to hear uh, episodes two through six. And thanks for having me. You're welcome. Have a great afternoon, Carrie. Bye. Take care. Bye.